The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Have you ever come face to face with a lion before? Have you been so close to the king of beasts that you could stare into its golden eyes and hear the deep rumble of its growl? I haven't. But I've watched enough Animal Planet to know that I probably don't want to. The thought of coming so close to such a powerful animal, it it would spell certain death, right? And thankfully, I don't know what that's like. But there are three men who did. There are three men who stood and stared at death in the face, and they didn't back down. Their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were Israelites. As young Jewish men, they grew up serving the one true God. In fact, those weren't their real names. Their Jewish names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They grew up in Jerusalem where they enjoyed peace and prosperity. They grew up and they served God and life was good in Jerusalem. But all of that was soon to change. You see, the world power at that time was the nation of Babylon. They were led by a lion of a man, King Nebuchadnezzar. He was known far and wide for his narcissism and his cruelty. The nation of Babylon swept down on Jerusalem. They surrounded it, besieged it, and conquered it. And when they were done, they, they carried off all the valuables from the temple, and they even relocated part of the population back to Babylon. And that's where we find our three men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego soon found themselves in a faraway land with a new king, with new names devoted to the Babylonian gods. Much had changed for the three men. They were miles and miles from home. They now had new identities. Everything was strange and foreign. They were in the heart of the most powerful kingdom at that time, in the clutches of the most powerful man in the ancient world. Their world had been turned upside down. But God was with our three men. He blessed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They soon became some of the king's favorites. You see, they were strong, tall, handsome, and intelligent, just the kind of people any king would want in his cabinet. And so they served in Babylon as Nebuchadnezzar's advisors. And God blessed their service. He, he watched over them, and they prospered. And so, all things considered, through all these changes, life in Babylon wasn't so bad. Well, almost. There was one small problem. Their new master was obsessed with himself. Drunk with his own power, Nebuchadnezzar decided to test the loyalty of everyone in his kingdom. His plan was to build a massive statue, a golden image, 90 feet tall, His order was that when everyone heard his royal band play, everyone was to bow down to the statue, from the lowliest servant 
to the highest, most trusted advisor. They were all to bow down and prove their loyalty to the king. And here's where the problem was. Even though everything else had changed, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were still faithful to the one true God. This is where things started to go south. Nebuchadnezzar ordered that a giant furnace be built, and it was reserved for anyone who wouldn't bow down to his idol. And so it was only a matter of time. Only a matter of time before someone would rat out our three men. Only a matter of time before they would come face to face with the lion. And sure enough, the music played, the kingdom bowed down, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stuck out like a sore thumb. And this really poked the bear. King Nebuchadnezzar was enraged. His blood pressure skyrocketed. So he called his advisors in before him. He liked them, so he wanted to give them one more chance, one more chance to prove their loyalty, to forget their God. Let's see how they responded. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stared right at the lion, and they didn't back down. And the lion roared. The king flew into a rage. He didn't care who they were anymore. Trusted advisor or not, they were going to pay for what they had done. He ordered his furnace to be heated seven times hotter than normal, as if its normal heat wasn't enough to do the trick. Then he had his strongest soldiers tie these three men up. And here they stood, cornered by the lion, before a sweltering furnace tied up by Babylonian bodybuilders, before a raging king. It was the end of the line for these three men. And the furnace was so hot, the king's order so urgent, that the soldiers who tossed the men in were killed by the flames. All this because they stood up for their faith. Do you ever feel a little bit like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you ever feel like you're a stranger in a strange land? Do you ever feel like everyone else is bowing down around you while you're the only one standing up? Because that's kind of what being a Christian can feel like sometimes in this world. Everyone bows down and we stand true. And they might not be bowing down to a 90-foot golden image, but maybe it's a $900 phone. Maybe it's that golden job opportunity. The thing is, we live in a world where the next idol can fit right in your pocket, where bigger is better. And as God's children, as we try and stand up to these things, the world tries to stamp a new identity on us, to have us forget who we really are, have us forget who our God is. But let's finish our story. 
As King Nebuchadnezzar starts to rejoice, he peers into the flames, and he can't believe what he sees. The three men are there, but their ropes are gone. They're unbound and unharmed. They're walking around. They're having a great time. And there's something else, too. There's a fourth man in the furnace, and he looks like an angel to the king. When these men stood up for their God, when they stood up to the king, God kept his servants safe by sending an angel to protect them. And then the unthinkable happened. The lion, King Nebuchadnezzar, starts to praise God, the mighty king of Babylon, all because God kept his servants safe. These men, they were singled out, cornered, and thrown into a furnace, all for standing up to their faith. And what's really remarkable is the peace that they had when they stood before King Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't afraid of what would happen next. Whether they lived or died, they trusted in God's will for their lives. There was no if about it. They wouldn't bow down to anyone else. Now, when we hear this story, I think the first thing that catches our attention is the differences between us and those three men. I mean, everything in their story was, was loud and in your face. There was nothing subtle about the idolatry going on in Babylon. Think about it. There was the instruments playing. There was the 90-foot golden image, the king's order, the fiery furnace. Their enemies were clear. There was nothing subtle about that idolatry in front of these men. But dear friends, our story actually isn't so different. Our enemies may be a little more subtle. They might not come at us with bulging muscles. It might not look like a, a fiery king with a flaming furnace. But we do have enemies. And as we're slowly steeped into the culture of this world, we might not see who they are until we start to feel uncomfortable. The devil is the father of lies. And one of the lies he would have us believe is that there are no enemies to God's word. He would have us gain this false sense of security to think everything is fine. And meanwhile, the world chips away at us and we lower our God, guard. There's a reason why armies attack at night. They wait till everything's quiet, every, everything is dark, and then they jump in and go for the attack. And the devil's plan is that we lower our guard. Because scripture tells us that the devil is a lion. And like a lion, he's on the prowl, just looking for his next meal. And so since it's clear we do have enemies in this world, the question stands, when will you come face to face with the lion? When will your moment come? When will you be asked to stand up for the faith? And when it does, what will you do? Maybe you don't see yourself as one of these men, as one of these bold men who stood up when everything was on the line. Maybe if you're like me, you can think of times where it was easier not to say anything, not to mention your faith or what you believe. 
Maybe you feel isolated, alone, like a foreigner in a a foreign country where everyone else treats your faith like an anomaly. Our enemies are around us, and they are fierce, and it's natural to be afraid. And in fact, Jesus tells us to expect these things. That's what being a Christian means. It means standing up for the gospel, even when there's persecution and hardship all around. He told his disciples to be alert, to watch out for these kind of people who would try and distort God's word and change his message. Those people are out there around us, too. It might be your next-door neighbor. It might be the professor at your kid's university. When faced with these furious enemies, what can we do? We can remember. We can remember men like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who boldly stood up for their faith, even when their lives were on the line. And more than that, we can remember our God's grace. Today, as we celebrate the festival of the Reformation, we remember that at a time when the church had lost its way, God used men like Martin Luther to recover the grace of the gospel, that we are saved by God's grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, with teachings grounded on Scripture alone. Before the powers of church and empire, Luther stood strong too. And we can remember Jesus. We can remember that his love led him to stand firm as well. He stood before a court and it led him to be condemned and crucified like a criminal. And on the cross, he endured the fiery torment of hell all for us. But his love is the kind that didn't look at the cost. He had us in mind when he stood up because he wanted us to stand with him in heaven one day. So if you don't see yourselves among these bold Christians, ask Jesus for help. His love empowers us to stand. His promise is that his word will never be conquered, no matter the enemies, no matter what furnace we find ourselves in. It's his promise that the gospel message will always stand. And dear friends, when you feel alone, remember someone else. Remember the fourth man in the furnace. It's thought that this fourth man was Jesus himself appearing before his birth, He appeared and he protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when it mattered most. The same is true for us. Even though we can't see Jesus at our side, and maybe all we see is the bulging muscles, the eyes of the lion, and the flames around us, but Jesus is there with us. He's there with us to protect us, and he's standing up with us in whatever furnace we find ourselves in. So yes, we have enemies. Still today, we have enemies that are fierce. And at times, you might find yourselves face to face with them. But one thing is certain. Jesus is with you. His love empowers us to stand. His message is as untouchable as those men in the furnace. He's with us through all persecution, through any show of strength, through anything the devil or the world will throw at us. And so with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, with Martin Luther, 
And with Jesus, we can say, here we stand. We ask that God would keep us steadfast in his word and preserve that word from now until he comes again. So stand, fellow Christians. Amen.